What's up, guys? It's Captain Cook. Welcome back to Spicy Memories, the podcast where we talk about food and life and stuff. I am truly excited for today's guest and this episode, and I say that a lot, and you may not believe me at this point, but honestly, I think that's your problem. You may have trust issues that date back before you start listening to this podcast, but I swear to God, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually excited about this episode. Um, I have with me Ella from Eaten with Ella. She has an Instagram. She is on TikTok with over 132,000 followers on TikTok. Some of her videos have gotten millions of views. She has food content that stretches all the way, dating back years. She has tutorials, travel blogs, and tips, uh, reviews. She's currently on a search to find the best chicken sandwich in Mexico City, which we're going to talk about that because that's something that's near and dear to my heart, fried chicken. And you know, most recently, uh, she and her dog, Chef, moved from Los Angeles and went to Mexico City. And I have been following you for a minute now. And I am really, you were, when I first started even following you before I even had a show, once I started the show, you were one of the people that I had kind of pegged on my list to like future guests. Like I, I would love to have somebody like that on the show. Cause yeah. So welcome to fucking spicy memories. The I am so honored. Oh God. This is uh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. It's, it's just like, this is crazy. This is like, this is a little nuts. You are not my first international guest. However, you are my first international guest in the South of North America. You, I haven't, I've only, I've only been dealing with uh, the U.S. and Canadians as of now. So okay. You, you, you broke the, the bottom border there. That's it, man. You, uh, you shattered the metaphorical glass f- floor, I guess. I guess it wouldn't be ceiling. Yeah, it it's be ceiling. below. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Really should have. Well, I'm about honored. That one. Hey, thank you so much. So first of all, hi. <laughs> uh, hi. Welcome from Mexico City, which it's not hard. I mean, you're only an hour behind me and I'm in New York, so that's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm bad, only right? an hour behind. It could be worse. You could be in like Europe or something and either you'd be having to do it super late or I'd have to do it super early or, you know, I'm sure we could find a medium time. It doesn't matter. You're not in Europe. Anyway. Right. <laughs> so, um, we're already logistically thinking about when I move to Europe, how we're going to do this again. <laughs> I know, right? This is like, I'm just like taking notes on the side here. Um, You've never been on the show, and for those of you who haven't listened before, this is Spicy Memories. I bring on very interesting people to talk about food and life and stuff and usually just general insane ramblings that go on. Um, and think of, think, of, think, of, think of this as an opportunity for you to just, to just lay it all on the line, you know, just <laughs> that if you need. No. Um, but, yeah, so I am super excited. Uh, first of all, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, can we just discuss, like, the transition from LA to Mexico city, right? More right. About, like going to Mexico city, getting there. Like this happened when you're and- saying like logistical or like, no, just like, like I mean, how, or like why I did it. I probably should have formed a question since it's a fucking podcast. Right. All right. So I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just free thought like speaking right now. And that's not ideal for a podcast. Um, no. So from the time that you actually got there, how mm. long did it take until you felt at least like mildly settled? Cause that is like a big change. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, if we're being a thousand and one percent, like, do I even feel settled now? Like, no, no not I really. Guess, yeah, all right, that's fair. Um, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily settled, but I'm getting there. Uh, but yeah. So I one day, actually, this is like a random, random story, but I was hired by a friend to like cater like their Passover meal. Right. And it was like twenty people, like me catering everything, and. Pretty much while I was, like, driving there and doing stuff. And also, too, I've been, like, living alone in, like, Los Angeles with my dog over quarantine. So, I mean, 
very much alone and lonely. Um, and I've always dreamt about like moving to another country. And so I got a virtual job, just like being like virtual assistant, like doing stuff online. Right. And I was like, well then like F it. Like, why would I pay rent to live here in Los Angeles when like, I don't even like, I can't, you know, like everything's closed. I can't really even do anything. Um, so yeah, it just like hit me one day and I was like, it was, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely like one of those like psychopath people that's just like, I have that idea and it's literally like, I bought a ticket the next day. I called my mom and I was like, I'm doing this. My mom was like, hell yeah. And just like, that was it. Like, <clears throat> and then I, then I messaged, you know, my landlord and I was like, Hey, like end of the month I'm, I'm out. And so I just like, from then on just started packing my stuff and like within a month of buying my ticket, I was like, sold everything out of my apartment and I was out. That's amazing. That's not only the timeline of being able to pull that off, but just being able to do that is something that I know a lot of people would not be able to do. Not that they're like, oh, I probably couldn't. Do no, like I know people who just like would not be able to do that. So being able to do that alone is something that you should just be like, fuck, all right, yeah, totally. No, I think I definitely like, it's hit me where I'm like people, I think the week leading up to leaving here, it was like the amount of messages I got. Granted, most of them were like ignorant messages about like them just knowing nothing about Mexico. Right. But also too, it was literally just like, you know, like you're a fucking insane person. And I was like, I really don't think I'm an insane person. And then I moved to Mexico. I'm in my apartment alone on my first night drinking a glass of wine being like, what the fuck did I just do? Like, there's no going back. Like there's no. literally like, no. I had sold everything. Like there was no going back. So yeah, definitely terrifying. But also then too, it's like I got here and I mean, oh my God, the amount of Tinder dates and Bumble dates and Hinge dates I've been on, like fucking, like I'm a psychopath. Yeah, you're, in a, you're not even in a different pool. You're in a whole different ocean. You're just like, you're, you're, yeah. You're I mean, I, I mean, I moved here, like luckily, like for those of you who don't know, I'm actually Mexican. I look like a plain white ass gringo, <laughs> but I'm not. Um, well, I am, but you know, yeah. half Z's. And uh, I can speak Spanish, so it's like not that crazy of a transition. Right, exactly. And then too, like I went on like Bumble BFF and like I met one of my, like my best friend here, her name's Fernanda and she's from Argentina. She did like the exact same thing I did. And so it's like, I, once I got like at least like a friend and then like, I'll be a hundred percent. Like there's no Tinder guy I ever fucking speak to ever again after like going on a date with, but like at least like making friends here is like started, you know, like I got my routines of like, Oh, I walk to the dog park with my dog and we do these things every day. Then like you start feeling more settled. Right. And yeah. it's, I think what you said, like it is, it is like a process. It's a transition, but you know, if you doing everything in stages like that and in steps, the next thing you know, you know, a certain amount of time has passed and you're just like, oh, like you're at a totally different place than you even probably like thought, which is got to feel nice. And the idea and the fact of having a virtual job and kind of being able to do this right now to another city if you wanted or another country is somewhat possible. I mean, that's kind of like amazing. Well, so the, that, my whole plan was to stay here for like three or four months and then move from here to another country. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I realized about that is like, I'm like, ugh, like, I don't want to have, I mean, I like love it here so much right. and I've made friends and I've done things. So who knows, maybe in two years, I'll want to do that again. But for right now, I'm like happy being here and maybe just traveling around from being here. But yeah, like I definitely look back at myself being like, dude, you were fucking alone for just weeks on end. And don't get me wrong. I love being alone and I'm always alone. Right. But it was like one of those, like, you had no one. You have no one. You literally, like, I would, like, call my parents while drinking wine, playing fucking Nintendo Switch. Like, like those were, like, that was, like, my, the most interaction I had with other people. Um, 
And two, then also people would always be like, oh my God, like I'd post about like, and I'd still be making my videos, but I'd be eating everywhere alone. And people were like, oh my God, you're going to restaurants alone. I'm like, it's either that or starving. So like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I'm kind of fine being alone. It doesn't bother me, but yeah, no, now that I've been here for a solid amount, I have like some friends. Like, so I've, I, I've started to make a life for myself here. Yeah, you're like, you're, you're somewhat grounded in a way, you know, I think, I think it's, you're building a life in another place. So it's not going to just happen like, like that, but for sure. transition time, even though like, it wasn't like one day, but in terms of like how maybe the world would see it of moving to another country, you did it relatively fast and you did it relatively well and you just fucking did it, which is the biggest part, you know? And it's, I, I, I don't I think I even, I was one of those people who sent you a message shortly after you got to Mexico city, but it was not, a bad message. I was just like, yo, I see you're in Mexico city. You look like you're thriving. This is amazing. I love this for you. I was like, cause I was, it's fucking awesome. I was just like, yo, that's the best thing I've ever seen. Like, it's just like, you know, oh, one second. Chef. <laughs> I can hear her trying to dig through the trash. Good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> guys, chef is, chef. Her, chef is her roommate. No, uh, chef, <laughs> is <your dog. laughs> uh, chef is my dog. Chef is her dog. It's really is- amazing here. Whenever I like have to introduce her to anyone here in Mexico, they're like, chef. Chief. Is Ella, you don't mind me asking, is Ella short for Isabella or is it just Ella? No, my name's just Ella. That's kind of amazing. My name, yeah, my name's Ella. Well, like the year that Ella Fitzgerald died, yeah. my parents saw Ella and lights at the Grammys, like watching right. the Grammys. And the Grammys is right before my birthday. Really? So my mom like saw it and like that's why she wanted to name me Ella. That's kind of amazing. I like that your name is just Ella. Like my mother's name is Tony, T-O-N-I, and her entire life. People being, oh, what's that short for? She's like, nothing. And they're like, oh, it's just Tony. Everyone, yeah. everyone assumes that. Well, also, too, when my mom's mad at me, she'll call me by my middle name and she's like, Alejandra. <laughs> and so, like, everyone assumes that, like, it's short for Alejandra, Alejandra. even though that doesn't really do anything. Um, but yeah, no, my name's just, just Ella. Just Ella. That's, see, that's the name for your documentary that's going to come out in five years, Just Ella. Um, <laughs> Oh God! All right. I was hoping it would be something more interesting than that, but we can work on it. We'll hey, workshop it. Hey, you've seen you've seen Academy Award winning movies. All right, the simplicity is is what it's just the single. You know what I mean? Like, think about it: The Revenant, you know, or like The Pianist, you know. Like, you just you need bam, bam. You know what I mean? Gladiator. Just like we need, like you know, we need. But I would want mine to be like a weirder. I mean, we we can we can workshop that. I'll think about we'll it. I'll think about it, and then later on in the, the Maybe, this episode, I, I might. I might just like randomly spit it out because like I've been thinking about it. Enough. That'd be good. Don't even tell me what it's what I won't. you're talking about. Just yell a word, and I'll be like, I will. and I'll have to be like documentary. You'll be like, yeah, I'll be like, okay. yeah. Um, so, all right, you've been you you've got food content that goes back years, which I used to watch your even your tutorials, which you used to do back in LA, were fucking great. And you know, you had it's it, it's it's the it's what you want when you are on social media and you look at food tutorials. It's bright. You can see it. You can hear what you're saying. You were very easy to follow directions with. And also it was very clear that you just fucking love food, which is yeah. the main reason also that I want, aside from the fact that you're just a cool person, why I wanted to bring you on. Like, and I mean, Ella like loves food. Like dude, guys, her, her nails right now, she's got a manicure with literal eggs, like sunny side up eggs on her <laughs> nails. Like it's the best fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I'm going to get that. Like I'm, I'm going to walk around with that, like claws like that. Like They're pretty time. epic. I know. Jesus Christ. So, all right, you love food. I love food. What love was, food. if you remember this, this is a, a kind of a weird one. What was the first meal, if you remember, that you remember eating or looking at and being like, fuck, I have to take a photo of this or a video? And like, it's really maybe started 
or at least maybe not a meal, but maybe like a genre of food or a type of food or a cuisine where you really were just like, fuck, I love taking photos and videos of this, you know? I'll be honest, the food, the video part, food has always been like my family's thing. So I think that was like really where, like, if it sounds as cheesy as it sounds, it's like food has always been love. So it's like, like my dad would cook or whatever. It was just like, we would always have like food to, and, and two, it's just, I mean, for example, my sister, Jeremy, she literally was like, and yes, I have a sister named Jeremy. It's always weird. People always assume. Um, but she's like, she was like, her and I were like the biggest foodies too in our family. She would always be like, if anyone touches my goddamn leftovers, like you're going to fucking die. Like she just like literally like, she was like my person with all that kind of food stuff. And like, I was literally raised on Taco Bell. Like, it's just like, there's things about food that is just everything to me. And I think kind of starting towards like, I definitely was like trying to get a job at like BuzzFeed, like in doing food stuff. Yeah, I went um, for a while. That was like, that was like a part of like, I had an interview with someone and I felt like really fucking cool. But then I also heard all these BuzzFeed people saying that they like were like wildly underpaid and like so many of them left. Yeah, that's actually, um, it's, I tried to get a couple jobs and I applied at BuzzFeed for food content, stuff like that. And then I was looking up more reviews and it was that exact thing. It was like, yeah, BuzzFeed is BuzzFeed, but like the work environment's not always matched up to like the galore of, you know, like that. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, yeah. So watching those videos inspired me to make my own ones. Because I always have been the type of person, for example, there's a restaurant in Malibu called Dukes, and they make these ahi pokey or poke, Mm. last time I said pokey, Hawaiian people came for me, Um, (laughs) Hawaiian poke tacos, they're like wonton tacos, the whole nine, and I remember being like, I need to fucking recreate them, like I'm going to recreate them. And I came home and I mean, like for an entire week, that was all my family ate because like I had to get down my like recipe and it's still something I make to this day. And I remember right kind of when quarantine in LA was like allowing me back in restaurants, I ordered them and I was like, mom, this might be the most depressing thing I've ever eaten. And she was like, she was like, I know. She was like, yours are so much better. And I was like, <laughs> like a minor, like it's like leaps and bounds better. Right. And, but it's like that. I'm, I'm definitely the type of person that when I went to restaurants, I would want to make them at home. And then once I started doing that, I was like, okay, like I saw those BuzzFeed videos, all those videos. And I was like, I can do this. Like I can recreate it. Like, so I think that was like, kind of like hit me into like starting to do that was just because I really enjoyed cooking. Which I mean, that's, that's why we, people like, people like us, not that we're on the same level, but you know what I'm saying? Like you're, yeah, you're <laughs> miles beyond, but how the like, hell am I miles beyond you? Literally make your own hot sauce. Like that is the coolest thing ever. 132,000 followers on TikTok. You are a smidge <laughs> beyond, like, come on, give yourself a little credit. Like, my God. I mean, like I'm cool and all, but it lets me a hundred. I mean, like it might just like, <laughs> it might just because like I am a weirdo when it comes to making my videos. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it works. That shit sells. Believe me. You kidding me? The shit that I say on my page, the fact that I even have returning people is beyond me. I'll be honest, uh-huh. I, I agree with that. My mom always looks at some of my videos and like, I'm like, you know, like burping as loud as possible. And she's like, I don't think anyone will ever want to marry you. And I was like, okay, thank you, mom. Lies. I, think, <laughs> lies. I think that's, that's just another bullet point on the list of reasons why. That's like, you see, I'm like, you got to think about it that way. My mother used to, when I first started the page too, and not first started the page, but then when I started actually letting my own psycho personality come out a little bit, my mother yeah. was also one to be like, do you just, do you, just, do you have to curse like as much? And I'm like, yes. Oh my god, I have an aunt who literally will call me and be like, 
Ella, like your videos are amazing. You're doing great, but like stop saying shit and fuck when you're like talking about food. And I was like, but this shit yeah. is, I'm, it's fucking it up. Like this shit yeah. rocks. Like, like this shit is the shit. And she's literally like, but you're talking about like shit in comparison to food. I was like, you're not my audience. <laughs> and I was like, like if it bothers you, then, we're not, then right. don't follow me. You are, you are not my target demographic, Aunt, no. uh, Aunt Lydia. Um, so not Aunt Lydia. Sorry, I didn't mean to pull out a Handmaid's Tale reference. All right, I was going to um, say shit, man. <laughs> sorry. I just recently, like, because here in, in Mexico, uh, they don't have Hulu. So I had to figure out really? how to like get a VPN and like do all these things. So my computer still looks like I'm in America. There's no Hulu in Mexico. No, you don't have cool. We don't have cool. It's really depressing. Fuck, why? I know there's a few things that we don't have here. Um, so I have to like get a VPN and do all of that jazz. But yeah, so then I finished The Handmaid's Tale. I'll be honest, I didn't fully watch it. There's something about, I think it started getting like a little annoying. Taco Bell, you had mentioned that. And I, I don't want to say I'm a Taco Bell slut, but I'm definitely in that realm because I used to, it used to be not just part of like a weekly routine. It was like multi, like many times a week. And from for like multiple years. So I have to ask if you ever had it and if you think you should also join me in advocating to Taco Bell, they should bring it back. Lava sauce. I'll if be a hundo. I mean, I. There was a thing. Called, I'm more of an. I mean, I. Burrito. You remember that? The volcano burrito. I. I'll be honest. I have always been like a classic Mexican. Like I've been a classic of Taco Bell. Like, I've been definitely, like, to the basics, like, a bean and cheese, like, a regular taco. Like, those are kind of things that, like, just, like, I know will never go wrong for me. So, I can't be a hundo on the – I don't think I've ever tried a volcano burrito. I Mm. definitely have probably tried the lava sauce because I'm definitely, like, a sauce hoe. I mean, like, by the way, you already – you said that we were Uh. one Taco Bell slut to another. So, I felt like you just are now saying – now you're pulling back from it. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, Are you kidding me? I – hey, Taco Bell – no matter what age I am, no matter how old I get, no matter what my current diet is, that has been, no matter how hard, even if I try to stay away from it, I just can't. And like, there would be nights even like when we don't know what to eat for dinner here. And then we both just kind of go and just like look at each other and we just end up walking to the car and we don't even have to say anything. It's like, it's just like, it's no. This is we're going and to talk about. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, and it's just always been part of my routine, which is what I look, I have no, I have no shame. I don't care. And Taco Bell, I have zero way, shame. by the way, out of all the fast food chains, Taco Bell is really not as bad as I'm not saying it's the best thing in the world, but it's not as bad as some of the other shit that is in other some of the other fast food chains. I mean, what are you really eating? It's you're eating flour and there's like rice and beans and like, you know, it's not you're not eating like, you know, crazy meat that you're not even 100 percent sure if it's, you know, actually came from an animal or not. <laughs> like, you know, um, well, yes. I mean, although like, what isn't it something like it's like 80 percent beef and like 20 percent like oat flour or something, something like, yeah, like they, they have to like extend like, it. it. Yeah, they, yeah. It's like it's like people who like uh, they they cut their pizza sauce. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, I mean, I don't know if we like. I mean, not to get a, give away from Taco Bell, but it's like a Jack in the Box taco mm. literally is fucking delicious, and it's straight up mystery meat. Like, it well, is no, not. <laughs> no, it's not. There's no. And you want to something funny? I have never had Jack in the Box. Never in your life? I don't know if that's on the East Coast. Real? Oh, okay. I guess maybe. Like, a jack-in-the-box taco? Literally, yeah. I'm telling you, like, my mom always said that it was, like, my grandma's, like, go-to, like, like whenever she was drunk, she would get these jack-in-the-box tacos. And a jack-in-the-box taco is just, like, a f- game-changer. It's oily. It's disgusting. 
it's like a taco dorado they like deep fry it with like a piece of american a slice of american cheese and lettuce like it is just like so wrong and it is so right at the it's same so time wrong like that's that it just becomes right it's like you know, like it's so okay and two yeah. it's like for th- like two tacos is like one dollar like you're like okay killing oh, it that's it that's like that's all and that's always been what i love even about taco bell and is that other fast food places seem to be the prices have just like kept going up and going up like i went to burger king not long ago and you know two meals at burger king cost you like it's like 26 dollars now sometimes like easily and like i don't ever remember spending that much when i was young but you'll go to taco bell and you'll get like seven things and they'll be like all right that'll be 13.95 like like it's like oh yeah my mom used to literally be like that was like her thing like for our family i'd just be like I'm ordering the like family meal of like 10 tacos, 10 bean and cheese. I'm so sorry. Hold on. Chef is playing with the pit of an avocado. Stop it. <laughs> talk about, talk about um, it. I'm going to take it from her. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Taco Bell's like my, but the, the, the thing I'm more sad about, and too, my mom is like, my mom literally like would talk about like, on my walk home from high school, I would get like, you know, a burrito supreme. And like, as I was walking home and a seven up, like, or, or a Dr. Pepper, I want to say she said Dr. Pepper. And like, she loves like the tostadas there. And then like, I really liked the Mexican pizza and like, they fucking took those off the menu. Like they are gone. I didn't know that. And like, oh my, my mom was literally like, the tostada has been there since like the fucking seventies. And like, they took it off the menu. Like my mom was like so offended for like a solid like month where she would just be like, if you guys are going, I refuse. Like, <laughs> she's like, I'm not eating anything because they took, yeah. And they took off the Mexican pizza, which was like so delicious that it's just depressing. You know, I saw that so many times on the menu and I never ordered it. And now that I know that it's gone, I'm really, really annoyed that I never. Well, you can, you can um, go on my page. I recreated it when they were taking it off. Shut up. Yeah, See, I recreated guys, it. This is why you got to follow Ella. By the way, follow Ella at Eaton with Ella. All one word, right? No G and e. even without the G, yeah, like yeah, because even though you I thought it was G, like cool, yeah, even though you are a G, you omitted <laughs> it from the from the tagline. Um, I'm glad you mentioned tacos actually, because I did have a question about Los Angeles and about tacos, uh, okay. which I'm sure was expected. Um, but all right, so you spent a lot of years in LA of your life, and yeah. is the LA taco hype actually living up to the hype? And if so, like, what was your go to? either truck or order or whatever. But like, I know that's the one thing that people say, like you can't fuck with LA when it comes to like the tacos. And I don't know. Let's also, okay. Let's also go to, yes, LA tacos are good, but they're good on like, uh, that sounds like I'm such an asshole, but it's like, they're good on a level of like, for being America. Like I'm telling you, like they're delicious don't get me wrong there's some taco spots that i genuinely enjoy going to there's a place that's called uh el tapatio okay there's like one that's like kind of in the valley i want to say it's like woodland hills ish area and then they have a few other locations like they're the best they were like when you would like go to like a family party and you saw that those men were there with like the huge like they're like literally cooking the mean the tortillas like everything like you're literally like this is gonna be a good fucking time you know because they have like the best like they have a really good al pastor and you'll find al pastor trucks everywhere. And like, you'll see tacos everywhere in LA. But there's something about like, you come to Mexico City and you eat some Mexican food here. And then it's literally just like, I now can never crave Mexican food when I go home because it's like, I it's know not nothing gonna is going to be as yeah, good. It's not going to be the same. And, and it's just like depressing. Yeah. 
Like, like that sounds so bad, but like that's how you know I'm a foodie. It's like food that isn't as good as I know it can be. Like, right. actually brings me genuine sadness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's I'm, I'm no, that's not. It's not. It doesn't sound weird because I experience that constantly. That's why it's the reason why I'm Italian, right? And I've been making red right. sauce since I was nine years old. My dad taught me how to cook very young and how to handle it. Like, is it red sauce or is it gravy? Uh, well, what's for me, I never saw a difference in those two. Gravy was what the Bronx Italians used to call it. And they're the ones that put okay. a little bit of sugar inside of it. I don't do sugar. Right, right. Yeah. I don't fuck with the sugar. I don't do that. I don't fuck it's, with the sugar either. Yeah. I, okay. I, even like, I just dad. feel like, I feel like it's like when they're like really Italian, they're like, we're making Sunday gravy. No, it's cause technically the, the, the word in Italian for sauce kind of translates to grape, but it also was just something that people ended up saying. It's like when people say gabagool, like gabagool is not a fucking word. It's capicola, which turned into capicol, which turned into Jersey people going gabagool because they didn't want to actually say the word. Gabagool is not, you know, like you don't go to a package and look and go, oh, look, gabagool. I'm learning something new right now. It's because life is just full of new experiences, isn't it? Um, but no, I, I understand what you're saying because for, for me and for my wife and for my entire family, we make a better red sauce. I'd put up against pretty much any red sauce that I've had out. And I'm in New York, which is known for Italian food. And right. even then, like recently, we went to a very nice place. It was right on the Hudson River. The sun was setting. It was a great date night. I ordered homemade bucatini with like a, um, you know, guanciale ragu. And it was beautiful, but I was like eating it. And I'm like, yeah, it's good. And the setting is beautiful. But like, I've, I've made better sauces than this like two weeks ago. You know, it's like, and so it's, it brings this wave of not like depression, just such disappointment when you know that something would be a little bit better, you know, and it fucking sucks. It really does. And no, yeah, no, completely. My dad, my dad literally used to like, he used to never really want to go out to eat because like my dad's like an insanely amazing cook. He uh, growing up, he always had these phases. My dad, by the way, if you watch any of my videos, it's Esteban. I've seen You'll him, see yeah, him I've in all my videos. Yeah. And by the way, his name is Steve. It's just we're all Mexican and Ugh. he's not. So I call him Esteban. So he feels like he's included. <laughs> and if we're being 100%, he's like more Mexican than most of us. Um, but he literally like would go through these phases. So we would have like, it would just be like you'd come home and like he decided to make. Like tonight was like a red chili, tomorrow's a white chili, this one's a green chili. And it would just be like the entire month was just him making as many different types of chilies because he wanted to like perfect a chili recipe. And then it would be like the next month would be like, I remember he went through a phase of ice creams and then he started just like putting like the weirdest shit into ice creams. And then it would be like booze ice creams and all these other things. And like he went through pies, salsa phase. Like he just like is the person... And two, he would always say things like, and, you know, we would come home and it'd be like, he just made like prime rib. And like, it's just like, oh, okay. So tonight we're having prime rib and like mashed potatoes, just like classy ass, like delicious things because like he's been thinking about prime rib all week. So he right. had to make it like that. Right. And so he literally like, he definitely was the one that kind of like had said something about like, I hate going to restaurants when I know that I can make something better. And ever since I started really cooking, I was like, I have never felt you on a more serious level. Like Seriously. I need to stop cooking things that are my favorite things because I can't go to a ruined. restaurant. Right. Yeah. They'll get, yeah. and it's like, which is, look, it's good because you're going to be able to keep that for the rest of your life in a way. And you won't have to worry about this place closing down or never opening, you know, whatever. And you know, it's, I think it's a shame if somebody goes to a place and they are eating a dish, this has happened to me too, where you're eating something that you are just like in love with. It's like the tastiest thing you've ever gotten. And then either the menu changes or the restaurant closes or they switch owners. And it's like, 
like this is the stupidest thing ever but like for years what my girlfriend at the time now my wife and i used to go pick up this wrap it was like called the southwest chicken wrap literally nothing crazy it was like southwest almost cajun style uh not cajun i guess like southwest seasoned uh chicken cheddar cheese red onion and like uh some kind of clearly bottle chipotle mayo and it does not sound like but just the way they cooked it and having it pressed and everything it was like the perfect wrap and it was like had sauce inside and it wasn't dry and it was amazing and it was something you craved like constantly and literally it was gonna be a good time yeah once a week and to the it they stopped making that about three and a half years ago and to this day i go and buy ingredients and we literally call it the mickey's wrap which is the name of the bar mickey's yeah and i literally try and recreate it still to this day and i can't and so that feeling when it's reversed like when you are like you go no not reverse when you go to a place and it just shuts down or like whatever it's no yeah i mean i had um right before i left me and like a few of my really close friends went to the sushi spot and it was like a sushi so i had moved so i like grew up in like woodland hills calabasas area and then i Mm -hmm. moved after college i came back and my family had already kind of moved to like studio city and so that's like closer to the city and we were there and there was always a place like it was like a sushi place that me and my mom always craved we craved the albacore sashimi roll mm. from fucking brother sushi i will call you out because of you fucking motherfuckers and they would make this albacore sashimi bowl and it was like the albacore was like cut up obviously like the sashimi and then they made this like insane ponzu ginger sauce that had like daikon radish already ground up in it with daikon like it was just like it was like the most incredible thing i literally have photos of it on my instagram and I went there before I left kind of being like, oh my God, like you guys, like this is kind of like something I really want to eat like last time before I leave. And when I showed up, their menu had completely changed. It was like something new owners. It was a lot bougier inside. Like they really like changed it up. And like, it wasn't like, it used to be like kind of like in a, it looked like a shack sushi place. Like, and it was really, it used to be really expensive, but it was like a shack kind of experience because it's like, just like one guy who clearly is from Japan, like whatever. They literally, I looked at him and I was like, I want to order this. Like, I don't see it on your menu, but this is what I want to order. I literally have a photo. And he was like, yeah, we don't do that. Uh And I literally looked at him being like, I, I'm ready to leave Los Angeles. Like, I literally was like, and in that moment, I was like, zero regrets. Like, I do not belong here anymore. (laughs) It's the worst fucking feeling. And that's why, you know what? It's good in a way. I know that you making something in a way ruins that other stuff that you've been eating. However, being able to keep it for the rest of your life, though, is kind of, like, amazing. Oh, and by the I way, mean, I can recreate it. It was just, I've recreated it. I've, like, played with my sauces. I've done all my things. I can recreate it, like, to the point where my mom's literally like, who the fuck needs that place? But I sat there being like, it really does, like, grind my goddamn gears that it's, like, I don't know. I think, too, it's, like, I'm young enough that, like, things really aren't changing that much. But then when I go back to, like, where I used to live and everything's, like, changing, I'm, like, oh, wait, I am fucking getting old. Like, this is, like, terrifying. And I was, like, you guys not having my favorite thing that me and my mom used to order, like, once a week because we craved it, like, and I can't have it anymore. And And it doesn't even exist anymore. Like, just the idea of that, like, memory with my mom literally can never happen again Yeah, is, like, one of those, like, that i mean on top of the food but like that part being depressing obviously right yeah but i think that's part of the reason that those things get so depressing and so sad because it's not just about the food it's attached with memories you know and for sure that's the biggest part that's why i've had a lot of people even like friends of mine who don't follow my page and don't whatever because they're just like i don't like food content like that and i'm like all right well whatever but 
that's you know whatever everyone's entitled to their opinion are those those type of people that are saying like food is fuel because i had a guy on a date say that to me and i literally almost walked out in the middle i had had an old employer who was like that because he was a very he was very physically fit and he was like going to the gym seven days a week and he literally saw food he loved to eat but he also just during his weeks he saw food as just fuel and like if you want to live like that that's fine i think about living like that and it makes me fucking like it makes me sad just thinking about living like that, which is weird to say, but like, even- yeah, it's not weird at all. Literally. Like I derive my happiness from food. Like yeah. me and my sister, Jeremy always are joking about the fact that it's like, while we're at breakfast, we're already planning lunch. Like we've, yeah. it's, it's not like, <laughs> I do, I, literally, not- I do the same thing. And people look at me like I'm great. Like I'll be eating something I just cooked. And while I'm eating it, I'm talking about a future recipe of how I want to tweak it and what I want to do with it. Like while I'm eating the thing I just cooked, you know? Oh yeah. I mean? Like my last coworkers from like my terrible job with my terrible boss like they uh my coworkers used to literally like make fun of me because i would be like it, it would be like instead of like you know the room silent no one's talking i'm just like so what are you guys gonna like eat for dinner later like i want to have that conversation they're like i don't fucking know like who cares and i was like what do you mean you what do you mean who cares like that's yeah that's like like the I, reason i wake up is to decide what i want to eat later i know and it, it brings so much pleasure that i guess i mean we you have to remember i guess not everyone sees it like that but it's just I don't, I don't get how you just don't give a fuck at all about it like that you know i mean and maybe it's because we've dedicated so much of our lives and our daily routines to it that we're just you know it's consumed by it but i would rather be consumed by it than anything else honestly i mean i have a few passions in life and i'm okay at a few things but like i love being around food i love being able to cook i love the fact that i make hot sauce which by the way the sidebar which i'm stealing from another one of my favorite podcasts um, I had sent Ella a bottle of hot sauce and I was really fucking hoping that it had made it there today. And I'm extremely disappointed in the USPS because it spent three days in Queens trying to get to fucking New Jersey. Like that should not happen. So as of right now, all the only notification I got was that on August 24th at 1153, it was in Mexico city. So I was like, all right, well, that was two days ago. Maybe it'll get, and it just, you know, knowing our luck, it'll probably show up after we're done recording. Uh, but I was gonna say, like, honestly, if my phone dies before this, like, I'll run down and see if it's there. They usually call me, but I mean, you never t- know. Wait, they may shove. It's a tiny package. It's only box, like, probably that's like four inches big, like that. Um, <laughs> no, um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> had to. I had was, to. <laughs> it was just open. I just had to, like, I had to grab. And by it. the way, you set yourself up for it. I, you know what? It's the best kind. You know, the self high five. It's the best kind. Um, <laughs> uh, I said that on another podcast. They're like one of the. What was that? They asked me a question on the show, and they were just like, "We need an answer, and we need it in like thirty seconds or less." I'm like, "Well, luckily, I know all about thirty seconds or less." So, and they and you're like, "Boo yeah!" Yeah, I was like, "Woo!" I'm like, "Here we go." No, um, no, I, I was just I was hoping it would get there, but I I love the fact that I'm able to like do that, you know, and I you know if other people don't want to, that's fine, but I like talking with people who are also passionate about food because it's something that helps connect people, and it's something that you can share with people, or it's something you can enjoy alone and be totally fine with just shoving your face into a giant platter of something and being completely immersed into it, you know. But I also think too, it's like it's hard for me, so I've traveled like a solid amount like around the world. And I've traveled with different people and obviously you get to learn like about people when you travel with them. But there was definitely times where I've traveled with people where it's like, I mean, for example, it's like I'm in Japan and I'm traveling with some people and they're literally like, let's go to the Denny's. And I'm like, over my dead goddamn body, like over my dead fucking body. Like I'm not going to the fucking Denny's. Like 
Right. It was like, I'm going to wherever the fuck everyone else is eating breakfast here. Like, I don't even care if it's not something that I'm like fully into, but I'm going to try and see, like, if I'm going to go somewhere, it's so much, I mean, I'm the type of traveler who I don't really have things planned. It's right. more just like, okay, I have these five restaurants that I definitely want to go to. And you know, what monuments are near those? Like it's literally, right, yeah. it's, for me, it's the food over everything else. And then, you know, doing that kind of thing. But also like, I will always eat anyone's food. I'm not a huge, for example, like curry and coconut, like are just like, so not my thing. Yeah. I, you know what? It's funny you mentioned that. Cause I actually, I like curry, but I'm very, 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 very picky with it. And like, even like growing up, like my mom would make some curry dishes, but it was like, you know, like the Trader Joe's bottle of like curry. And I'm just like, this isn't really curry. Um, and yeah. like, you know, and it's some dishes are like fine, but, and also coconut, I feel like is so overused in so many dishes that it can taste great and it can be utilized properly. It's just so many fucking dishes use it wrong. And the texture is what really fucks with you. And like, I don't know, especially like shaved coconut is such a I weird I don't texture. like the... I don't like the only thing about it is that's so weird to me is like it's the flavor the flavor of coconut I just don't like it like it is very strange I almost like I just don't like it I wish bag. I liked it I really wish I liked it like for example I was in Thailand and it was like okay yeah like order everything I'm gonna eat everything but like I was so bummed out where I was like Ugh, like some of these curry dishes like just like we're not doing it for me but I also don't think I love like necessarily like sweetness with a meat freaks me out like <laughs> yeah that can be a little that can be a little freaky sometimes i mean it's again there are sometimes that it works with the spicy and the sweet together or like you know like a sharp flavor right. and the sweet i mean like for example my hot sauce that you're awaiting on is the three main flavor for pro profiles are mango coffee and habanero peppers and that sounds weird right but with the right kind of balance it's not just mango and habanero together that coffee's kind of in the middle and that kind of what do you like suggest putting it on literally anything uh mainly chicken eggs pork and um yeah i mean that's the main thing eggs chicken like those are like the main things but also and let's be 100 i did get covid while living here in mexico so my flavor profiles are very fucked up like some oh, yeah, days i fine. can taste and smell everything and some days yeah. i literally am just like I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Well, I've, I've even, my wife is a big fan of my hot sauce. And about the beginning of March, which was two months after she had COVID, I think I was telling you yesterday, she had this thing I've talked about on the show before called perosmia. You're experiencing something called anosmia, which is you just can't smell certain things. Like, it's just like you can't smell shit. Hers is called perosmia with a P, and that's the damage to the nerve where it distorts the smell. So for her, it wasn't just all meat, eggs, cheese, peanut butter, all that stuff. It was also garlic, onion, garlic powder, oh. onion powder. So we couldn't season anything. But then she would eat my hot sauce, which has a lot of like garlic and it's got onion and it's like she couldn't eat it. And it was fucking depressing because she loves that hot sauce. We eat, we eat it with almost every meal. Not to toot my own horn, but like it's, you know, it's, it's good. And, good shit. Yeah. And it's, it was fucking depressing. And it wasn't until recently that she was able to start eating it again. So now I'm just like dripping it on, you know. On her Can face. you like buy it and bought, like, if, do you have like a website you sell it on or like, is there I a do, way well, to like I have, buy it? I have an Etsy shop, but um, I, oh, okay. I'm sold out of the hot sauce now. And I have my, my rub is available. My uh, rotisserie rub is available on the Etsy shop. Well, I'm just saying like, I'm not going to like say that I will order it for my family, but like if it's good enough, like I might. 
Yeah, no, of course. I actually, <laughs> I've started manufacturing it and co-branding with another company. But my oh, problem cool. is that I only use fresh ingredients. I don't use anything frozen. I don't use fake preservatives. Um, preservatives vinegar. and shit. Yeah. Well, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't use preservatives. I only use vinegar. And my vinegar, there's enough in there to make it shelf stable. But the problem with a douchebag like me is that I'm forced to be at the mercy of whatever's available in local markets and at farms okay. and stuff like that. And for some reason, orange habaneros have just not been around like that. And I will not use any other pepper to make that sauce because it's different flavors. Like a red habanero does not taste like an orange habanero. A red habanero is sharp and it's fucking a little bit hotter, but it's mainly just like a piercing flavor on the tongue. The orange habanero that I use has a waxy fruity flavor to it. So it really right. complements the mango well and the coffee in the middle helps bridge them because mango habanero salsa, as you've probably had in your life, I'm sure they're very good. But sometimes like you were saying earlier, the mixture of like the fruit, with a dish like that and like you put it on a meat, it can throw you off a little bit sometimes. So the reason I made this sauce is because I felt like the coffee in the middle kind of helps bridge those two flavors a little bit. And so it's not, and it's not also crazy, it is, it's, it's pretty hot, but because it's real peppers, it just kind of like cools down a little bit. And I have like green habaneros out here in Mexico. Well, the, and all habaneros are habaneros. It's just, they're different stages of maturity. You know right. what I mean? So like the green habaneros are just waiting to basically become like orange and red. But um, I don't know, man. It's fucking, I, I'm annoyed that I can't just get like 20 pounds of my peppers. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so guys, I was, I was hoping that Ella would have, have her hot sauce. But thanks to uh, the USPS Distribution Center in fucking Jamaica, Queens, uh, <laughs> not sending it to New Jersey. Uh, it was held up for like three days, probably because of the storm that we had over here. So, but, um, you, but maybe like now I'll be like, I'll have to make a video about about it you can if you want i just wanted you to have it i just it, as a thank you for sitting on this fucking uh this, this fever dream of a show <laughs> it was a thank you for sitting down with me um i'm glad that never were... i would totally make a video about it are you kidding me oh. you've already said it was so cool oh please um no save your videos for uh for, for <laughs> actual good content um so, all right, I, I did have a question. You brought up traveling a few times, which is good because that was, it's almost like you're looking at the, the few questions that I did write down. Um, somebody, you've integrated into the life there in Mexico City, but let's say you had a friend who was traveling to Mexico City and you weren't going to be there. I don't know, you're out and about. Maybe you were in the Maldives picking up a, you know, like a 40-year-old sugar, I don't know, something like that, you know, whatever. For me, 100%, are you reading my mind? What a fucking <laughs> dream that would be. You know, silver-haired fox. If anyone, there, you know? <laughs> if anyone is looking for a sugar baby, I swear I'm semi-cute. Um, so a friend is saying to you, "I know you're not going to be there, but I'm going to be an MC. What do you suggest uh, as a, like, let's say, like a two-day plan or a three-day plan of like places to hit food-wise that you would suggest to people more than anything?" Okay, so it all depends on like necessarily like what. I would definitely, for example, I'm definitely the type of person that like, I have to eat sushi all the time. I have to eat right. like all these things. But if you're going to Mexico, obviously you're gonna eat Mexican food. Right. Street food everywhere is like delicious. Like the street food in Coyoacan, Coyoacan is like a part of the area where, sorry. Um, Coyoacan is like where like Frida Kahlo's house is and it's like oh, a really, yeah, yeah. really like, okay. nice area. Um, and they have like such insanely good food over there that like you want, you have to get like elote or nesquite mm, um, and then churros. So yeah. So everything down there is really good. And I suggest highly like, so every city kind of has their own mercados. Mm -hmm. So a mercado is like a farmer's market really, mm -hmm. but it also has like 
So the, they're laid out as in like the verduras y las frutas están ahí alrededor. So like the second you walk in, no matter what angle you walk into, it has like more of the like fruits and veggies. And then the, the beefs and stuff are in the middle. And like, there's something about having a butcher here that like is just a game changer. Um, cause you know, you can obviously have like butchers inside of like grocery stores and in LA, it's like mostly like grocery stores that you can really get meat at. Um, but here it's like, you can literally walk up and be like, okay, like I want that piece of meat and I want you to slice it exactly like this. And there's something just so beautiful about that to me. There is. I mean, it's, it's just it's being able to control and see exactly what you're getting, I think is fucking amazing. And you can like, choose it and like everything. Yeah. Right, exactly. And, and so they're, those are awesome. But I would suggest like anywhere you go, like going into a, like one of those, cause the food inside there are always delicious. Um, so there's my favorite taco spot right now. I can't fully say that it's like the best because I also kind of went the other day and like it was definitely not as good as I've had it before, which was like another depressing time. Um, but it's called um, El Vilcito and it's in Del Valle and it's like this tacos place that's like literally outside of like a car dealership. Mm. And they just have like spinning wheels of meat, like, like mm. of uh, Al Pastor. And the Al Pastor there is like honestly just insane and then um in el centro there's like a few really kind of bougier restaurants and a few street food places i'm definitely like more of an advocate of like doing some like just just like ordering street meat i mean like you never know if your butthole is going to be safe but like it's worth it that's not that's not any different than the majority of my days anyway so that's fine (laughs) you know but yeah no i fully suggest like and even just coming to visit like so i live in roma and the safest areas to live in are Roma, like Condensa, Polanco, like those are like the bougier or nicer areas. And then Coyoacan is like an awesome place to visit. And then there's this place called Xochimilco mm-hmm. and it's like boats. So you like walk out and you get onto a boat and like literally it's like for, you know, four hours you pay these people like 20 bucks and they're like on these boats and you're on these like rivers and like it, it, it takes you around everywhere um and then like literally like boats come up next to you and they're literally like we're selling booze or we're selling tacos or we're selling snacks or we're selling anything so you could just like they'll literally and then like mariachi bands too so like they'll just like hold on to your boat and play music it's like the coolest experience ever like going there and getting day drunk is like one of my favorite activities and then, like, they take you to a lot of cool places. Um, but there's so many, like, I'll be honest, like, I've been living here for, let's say, four or five months, and there's still, like, so much shit I haven't done. I know. I mean, you're going to be discovering stuff for, if you're there for years, it's going to be years. You're just going to be for sure constantly. And the stuff that you just mentioned, too, like, people don't know about that. You can't go up on, like, you know, TripAdvisor or any of these things. You're not going to see shit like that. I mean, that's this is why... I like having people like you, especially somebody that you is in, is in a city like that, because you're able to, you know, actually talk about real shit that you should do. And that actually happens, like what it's really like. And yeah, you know, I just, I, I, I don't know if that sounds, that sounds amazing, especially all the boats and shit. Like literally the neighborhood I live in, like I will set, I'll show you a little video maybe after our zoom, like, but just from my balcony, it's like, I'm like in the, like they always say that Mexico city is kind of like Paris meets the jungle. I, and it so really is. Just, it's so weird that you just said that because you posted a photo sitting at a ca- outdoor cafe and um i was in paris for my honeymoon and we went to a little bit outside of the middle of the city to go see jim morrison's grave uh, <laughs> and we went to jim morrison's gravesite, and it was in this area of kind of like montmartre which is like a mile outside of the city 
what the photo that you posted looks exactly like that. And I was like, that's so fucking weird. Like if you had shown me that picture, you could have easily just said that you were in Paris. And I'd be like, yeah, you know, I would never have guessed that was Mexico city. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, that there are like any other city, there are different parts of it. It's not just the same fucking thing over and over, you know? Well, and two, it's like, people just assume here. I mean, I'll be a hundred. Like I have friends who will like send me things being like, there was a shooting in Oaxaca. And I'm literally like, Oaxaca is like a different fucking state and it's also like seven hours away from me right. so I'm like to my friends in LA I was like dude I could send you something from Baltimore Maryland and is that as relevant as like you sending me that or I could fucking send you a shooting in South Central which is literally in our backyard like yeah it's I mean it, there are places around here that you're not supposed to go to it just like is what it is like I don't I honestly have never been afraid being here like I've been a lot more afraid being in Los Angeles, especially with like the homeless population. That's like not even, honestly, I think the homeless population, one of my friends just visited me from LA and he was saying how he felt super safe. And he was saying that like in LA, it's like the homeless stuff is even, it's getting even worse. And I was like, I can't even fucking fathom that. I mean, like when I worked in downtown LA, like I had a homeless woman come at me with scissors, like pinned me up against a wall with like industrial sized scissors. And it's just like, it's just like, I haven't even had, I mean, that's like the scariest really like thing that's ever happened to me. And it's just like, I haven't even had anything remotely like close that to that living here. But I mean, it's good too, that you make that as a point that it's not so much about the city that you're going to like, look, certain cities, are they a lot more dangerous than other cities? Yes. I'm not saying Mexico city. I'm saying just all around the world. No, no, in general. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, Johannesburg, South Africa is exactly the safest place on earth. It's not. Not like, at all. Not <laughs> at all. It's not. But I think along with that, what your point is, is that it's more about you and how you are aware and carry yourself. Because I know people outside of New York city in the Bronx, one of the boroughs on Fordham road, right near Fordham college, Fordham university, rather. Um, I went to school not far from there. I didn't go to Fordham. I'm not that smart, but um, I right near there, Fordham Road is not the safest of areas, but I used to have friends that would complain that they, you know, got held up at gunpoint or they got mugged. And I'm like, yeah, but what time was it? They were like, oh, it was like three in the morning. And I'm like, oh, you were walking alone at 3 a.m. and you were drunk in front of the White Castle. They're like, yeah, I'm like, okay. Like, it's just, you know, and you don't like, want to feel bad for you, but I also yeah, like, can't. <laughs> you don't want to be mean, but at the same time, you're like, okay, but like, also, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? Like, you need to. You need or why to- are you putting yourself in that type of situation? I totally yeah. agree. I think, too, it's like, for me, it's like when I was living in LA, I lived in like a really nice neighborhood. Like, I was in Studio City. And why my, my call, and that was another thing. Like, I, I had a full conversation with my mom about like, dude, like I'm fucking living here. Like, I don't know where I'm living next. And my family just recently moved to Phoenix, Arizona. And they were just like, I told my mom, I was like, I love you guys. I was like, I'm never fucking living there a day in my life. Um, And I was like, but I don't see myself in LA and I don't really see myself like really anywhere in the United States. And my mom's like, no, like this is the good journey for you. It's you have a better quality of life there. Like having my dog, like being in LA, it was like, okay, dog in the car, we're driving here, taking her to the dog park, doing all these things. Even though some of my places and my parks were walking distance, it was like, well, I can't walk there because it's tent city under every um, freeway underpass. And I have no way of walking. Like I had no way of walking there. It's just like, there was not even a single thing. It's like here, it's like, okay, we can leave and walk a few blocks. And now we're at the park. And now we can walk a few blocks and we're at lunch. Like, it's just like so much nicer here and like my quality of life in Mexico genuinely is like just leaps and bounds better. And it's, it does show because again, it's not, I think 
you make a good point that it's more about your quality of life too. I mean, people, you know, your friends can send you whatever they want and all the articles they read and all that bullshit, but it's about your quality of life. If you're having a better life there, that's what fucking matters. And people need to, you know, understand that. And you also document that very well, which is also what I want to touch upon. You're um, this little tiny insignificant thing that you may have heard of uh, your TikTok. Jesus Christ. Uh, so you, uh, you sprouted, as they say, on TikTok a wee bit less. You, uh, you are now at over 132,000 followers. Fewer of your yes. videos have over, like, millions of views, a few of them, right? And uh-huh. um, you also document very well on TikTok, you know, what I ate and spent today in Mexico City, which is not, like, it seems like something that's very simple, but it's so fucking vital and the fact that you do it and you do it like well and you give names of places and you give a short description as you're explaining it all over footage of you eating the shit. It's like, I don't know. That's like being able to see something that well documented is such a relief. And I don't know. I mean, did you start kind of amping up the TikTok more once you got there and you realized like, oh shit, there's like a plethora of fucking content that is available to me now all of a sudden? Right. Um, I definitely, cause now I'm not doing as many like cooking videos because I'll be honest, my kitchen here is low key shit. Um, I mean, I cook, but it's like, my lighting's like not good. Like nothing yeah, about not- it is like good. So it's kind of hard. Um, but yeah, no, I think too, what I realized are like, is better too. I would post like, Oh, this is what I ate today living in Mexico. And then it's like, people are like, Oh, like, what did you spend? They're asking questions. And I realized, okay, if I'm going to go, I'm just going to tell you like the whole shebang um and two it's like I still have like American obviously I have a lot of American followers and now I'm like starting to get a lot more Mexican followers but I mean let's be a hundo I think like the last the other day I got like some text message about being like a white colonizer and like not I shouldn't be here or something like just shit like that happens all the time but um I definitely like did want to start making videos where I'm like okay like that's an easy thing this is what I ate today this is what I spent today here's a comparison like my videos that do so much better are like here's what I ate, um, or, like, here's, like, the Starbucks menu compared to what I would order in LA or whatever, right? So people care that much more about that than, like, honestly, some of the cooler things I think that I post, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just want to be, like, 100% stuff, and I think also, like, those fucked up comments, look, I'm not not making any political statement whatsoever, and I'm not siding, I'm not, no, the point is, you're not exploiting anything about the city you're not a tourist you're not a visitor you fucking live there you immersed your life into the city you're showing people things that you experience every fucking day of your life that's you know you're not trying to do anything other than that so you're always going to get the horrible tiktok comments and messages so i wouldn't you know don't don't pay them any mind but you know at the end of the day you are doing something you know good and vital and you're giving these small businesses like recognition and if by some fucking chance you know you do get you know, a Mexican follower who maybe lives in Mexico City and just found you. And it's just like, what the fuck? I never heard of these places. Like, maybe they don't live in Roma Norte, you know, maybe they're in another area. Like, you know, there's so much of an opportunity, not just for people who are traveling, but people who are there. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep that in mind too. So don't worry about those fucking children. They're always going to make I don't know. I I mean, I'll be honest. Most of them, like, that sounds so bad. I'm like, haters are my motivators. Not really. But I'm also like, (laughs) 
thank God. Like, thank you so much for like thinking of me. I always reply, like, thanks for your feedback. I love it. We'll take it into account. Um, I mean, the fucks I don't give. I know, which is, you have to be like that. Just focus on your own content and smile at everybody else. Like, "Mm, thanks, man. Like, yeah. Like, the fucks (laughs) I don't give. And I recently, okay, this is like actually like really cool, but like, I recently got reached out to by a PR company here in Mexico that does a lot of like restaurant stuff. And so they're starting to like send me to restaurants just to make videos and like I get to meet the chef and I get to like do things like and so it's like I'm it's like I'll be honest like my food shit has gotten like I've gotten a lot more opportunities being here especially because now I'm like not saying I mean obviously Mexico City is fucking huge but like I'm starting to become kind of big fish small pond situation due to the fact that you know I'm an American girl and I'm speaking English and I'm reviewing your restaurant so it's like I'm getting a lot of people reaching out to me I mean like you were saying how I'm like looking for the best fried chicken sandwich out here because a fried chicken sandwich is everything to me it's like every time I post a video about one of them they're literally like oh my god like we're working on our recipe like do you want to come and like try one with us and blah 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 that's fucking amazing fuck yeah yeah it's so fucking cool like getting opportunities like that has to make everything worth it because that's that's fucking amazing seriously like no it really does i think it like kind of boosts up not boosts up but it's like okay well now i know what i'm doing is worth it because i'm right. starting to get people that are seeing it, keeps, it and it inviting me places yeah, exactly. yeah yeah which is amazing and the whole point of doing this and posting food and posting it online for everybody to see is about creating connection and like in a way kind of networking but also sharing a part of your life and when you're able to expand that because other places are like hey we love what you're doing can you come do xyz that's fucking great that's like the idea that's the dream like that's what people want to do with this shit you know no for sure i think it's like that was what i was talking about i was like one step closer to getting paid to eat food like that is literally yeah, like exactly if my I, dream in life has been to get paid to eat to food paid since paid i was food. little exactly i'm not even joking like i think it was like something about like what's your dream career when i was in third grade and i think i said something about eating food like i'm not even fucking kidding <laughs> because <laughs> my parents always thought i was crazy who wouldn't want to do that i mean that's like i mean that's why i i i miss anthony bourdain more than i care to express on anything but his job I idolized him growing up when no reservations was out and all that shit because he literally was doing the dream job that I had wanted. He was traveling. He was eating all kinds of culture. He was talking to the culture. Everyone, like, yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't just, he wasn't just going there and being like, this is Thailand and this is what they eat. He was like, he would go to these little villages and be like, okay, but like, why does this dish exist? And they're like, well, it exists because we live around, you know, whatever. And he would make you get a little glimpse into these cultures and why they eat and they cook. And no, a hundred percent. I think though also too, like, I think Anthony Rudin is obviously like the shit and I like love him, yeah. but he also is like that kind of fucking, like he is the symbol of like kind of, I mean, obviously like low key mental illness, but it's also like you had the fucking dream job. Yeah. Like you literally like, there's not a job better than, I mean, in my opinion or in my like dreams. Right. And it's just like, and you still weren't happy like that. Like, that's where it gets me a little scared because, because I'm like, yeah, that scares me. I mean, the fact that it scares you, though, maybe means that you're just not at the level that he was, which is good. I mean, that's a good thing. Don't make me wrong. No, 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 but I'm but just it, saying it yeah. scares me in the sense of, like, for example, for example, okay, like, this is, like, kind, kind of off topic, but then I'll get to there. This but, like, fucking show so I'm, topic. It's fine. <laughs> but it's, like, I moved to, like, I'm, I'm, I went to school at LSU, so I was in right. Louisiana, and I'm from Los Angeles, and so being in Louisiana, it was, like, in being in... Los Angeles, people are literally, like, hungry. They're fucking fighting for every job. Like, no one's happy being whatever the fuck they are because, like, there's always something better you can be or richer you can be or whatever. They're always chasing something, yeah. 
Yeah. And then in Louisiana, it was like, I would meet people and they would be like, okay, like I literally am going to college right now, pretty much to fucking rage my face off, have fun. And then when I'm, when I'm back home, I'm just going to like start working at my dad's steel mill. And then I'm going to eventually take over his steel mill. And I'm so like, they're so content with whatever the fuck they have. And it's like in LA, it's like, you're never content with what's going on. So it's kind of like, I definitely like have gotten like so many more perspectives on those sides of just like, well, cause I think that's like, part of the culture yeah. there too. It's part of the LA culture too, which is like constant. I don't want to say constant evolution. That's the wrong word. Constant motion and constant uh, diverting attention, not diverting attention. I, I don't know. Look, basically it seems like the culture of a place like that is same thing in places like new york people are always looking for the next thing they're always looking for the next step they're always looking to adjust and alter and change it's also like you're never happy with what you have right exactly there's it's never enough and like that's like that's why it's like when i went to louisiana i was like a breath of fucking fresh air like this guy like i was like hanging out there was like you know yeah my dad's a fucking plumber and like literally does plumbing for like all of the state of louisiana i mean they have fuck you money honestly oh yeah but it was literally like he was literally like so cool which is being like yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna go to school i'm gonna do some engineering shit and then i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna work as a plumber and then i'm gonna take over my dad's plumbing company and it was just like he there was a little bit of like not striving for more but also like being content with what you have and like in la it's like you're never content with what you have and you're always striving for more so there's like such a weird dynamic for that so that's why it's like the only reason not saying that like Obviously, like, I will never, I mean, whatever, like, Anthony Bourdain, but it's just, like, he was literally, like, the pinnacle of, like, the coolest fucking job you could ever imagine, but still wasn't happy, so it's kind of just, like, that scares me in the ideas of, like, I never want to set, like, real solid, like, because I've had, so I have a life coach, and my life coach was just kind of saying, like, so what's, like, Ella's end goal, and I'm, like, I don't want to have Ella's end goal, because what happens when I reach it, and then what? Right. Exactly. Like that would like, I don't want to be depressed about that. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And you know, and you were right. I think it's, he has become the symbol of like mental illness like that because you, exactly what you said. He had, it's, it should be proof to people that being able to just say, it's like, oh, it's stupid. I don't know why he did that. He had the perfect life. I'm like, that's not the point. The point is like, you know, he did have the dream job, especially for people like you and me to us. That's the greatest fucking thing that you could do. And even that, even having an 11 year old daughter at the time, like none of that mattered. And so it's on a level that I think people underestimate sometimes because well, I think it some, should you know, show. Yeah. It should show to everyone that it's literally like, no, mental illness is genuinely real. Like right. that is like, even like, cause you know, obviously other illnesses, you can fucking see that someone's sick, but it's like, no, it's like, just cause we can't see it. Doesn't mean it's not right. fucking real. And if, if, if you don't believe that mental illness is real after like knowing about Anthony Bourdain, then like, right. I don't know what's wrong with you. And also, yeah, he had a very fucked up, uh, rise to fame because he didn't really get famous until he was like in his 40s you know i mean when kitchen confidential came out in like 2000 2001 he was over 40 he had been a cook for like yeah. 20 20 something years and he was like fuck it i'm gonna write a book uh, which i don't know if you've ever read or heard or listened to the audiobook of kitchen confidential it is one of the best things ever especially if you get the audiobook and you hear it in his voice you'll just like swoon the whole time uh, but okay. um he basically was like in like the late 90s early 2000s he's like fuck it i'm gonna write a book about what it's really like to be a line cook and to come off as a line cook and nobody's gonna read it because it's only gonna be appealing to line cooks and then the unthinkable happened and it became one of the biggest books in like history yeah. written about food and he didn't expect that so he was already in his 40s so he had all these years 
of experiences and coming up in kitchens and drug addiction and like depression and all this shit that was not like, oh, he came up when he was like 16 and became famous right away. Like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He had like a lifetime before even, you know, doing that. He had a so, life of being normal for sure. I yeah. mean, too, I mean, like my first ever boyfriend, his mom was like a chef and I used to tell him because I used to, obviously I love to cook and like, he used to literally be like, oh, like, I, you know, love you. I hope blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you're never going to work in a kitchen. And I was like, <sighs> and then too, it's like, but also he was so right. Like kitchens are fucking rough as shit. Like it's another, I worked, yeah. yeah, I worked as like a, I did like the line at a burger place in Louisiana and uh, I loved it a little bit more than being like in front of customers because like I fucking, I mean, most people would come up to you and like say some shit and you're like, Sucking fat D. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like I, I I'm getting paid less. So like, do you want to talk? Do you want to yell at a manager? Like, right, not yeah. me. <laughs> um, not, not I. I just like I'm not taking that. Um, that is kind of how I got fired. But it's just like it's just like you do get to a point where you're like, no, like I'm not doing that. And I knew that I would never be able to work in a kitchen. So then I had to figure it out like other ways where I'm like, okay, like I can still do food, but not actually work in a kitchen. Because right. that was, I mean, I. I mean, I don't know. Have you worked in kitchens? Like there's- I have, yeah. Actually, I'm actually, this Saturday, I'm actually working a wedding with the chef uh, at the place where I cook my hot sauce because um, I do like a little bit of line and prep work with him and stuff. But um, <clears throat> it's not, how do I put this? But I think it's like kitchen kitchens, like fucking, oh, I mean, no, that's I like, have- Yeah, that's hard. That's like, like, I mean, I have a friend who literally was like, he worked in a kitchen in a bougie restaurant. It was like, for the first two years, it's like, you're on salad. And I'm yeah. like, caca. Yeah. And it's, End a it other, now. it's a whole other animal that people don't realize. It's not you in your kitchen, taking your own time at your own pace, playing music in slippers or chocolate. No, it's, you're just, it's not like that. You're in a fucking kitchen. It's hot. It's loud. It's sweaty. There's loud, there's fucking bad language. It's like, it's like, it is. And it I is mean, chefs are animal. nice. Like they're not nice people. Generally they, in those kinds of kitchens, because it's set up like a brigade. No, they tend to not be chefs are usually extremely demanding and egotistical and the reason is because they if it's if it huh, all right because if, if it's bad chef, it reflects on them right and if they're a good chef right they are that way because they do make brilliant food and they have a very specific vision and they need it out and if it's not what they're getting they're gonna fucking go nuts i get yeah. that some chefs are just dicks and they're not even that they're great chefs they're just assholes and that's the problem is that there are chefs who are trying to do something really you know, revolutionary, really great, whatever. Like Marco Pierre White, right? I don't know if you know who Marco Pierre White is. He was Gordon Ramsay's mentor. Uh, one of the only humans who is noted as making Gordon Ramsay cry, like in the fetal position in the kitchen. He was, he was crazy. He used to like beat his line cooks. Like Marco Pierre White, Mario Batali worked for him for a while. And the last time they had seen each other in the 90s, Mario Batali was working for him and was making a risotto. And he was just, and Marco Pierre White tasted the risotto and said to Mario Batali, like, that's not good. It's not done. And Mario Batali's like, yeah, I know how to make risotto. It's fine. It's done. And he was like, no, it's not. Do it again. He's like, I'm not making another risotto from scratch. And Marco Pierre White hurled the vat of hot risotto right into the chest of Mario Batali. Like, he was nuts. All right. And it's been debated because he did make very good food. But I think it was more just he was like an egomaniac. Like, he is, he's, he's a great chef. And he's hist- and he retired at 49. He's had living a great retirement, whatever. But Gordon Ramsay, along those lines too, is just very good at making food. And he's very good in like the French kind of infused, you know, British kind of cuisine. But like, are they really at the level where it's like they can be that 
much of a douchebag because they're doing something that revolutionary. Like, you know, are they maybe not, you know, like somebody who maybe has a right to be like that is like, maybe David Chang is like that. You know, I've heard that, especially back in the day, David Chang was a fucking nightmare to work with. And he seems super sweet and he's got all these shows and stuff now, but you know, when he started Momofuku, he was starting a noodle bar, which was going to be easily accessible, not crazy expensive, good, like noodle bar style, Japanese, Korean kind of infused food that was not really around before that. And he was trying to do something different. So like if somebody like that was like, no, fuck you, I need this done this way. Like I kind of get it, but there's a very fine line between that and somebody who's just an egotistical maniac, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely like think that there was like, definitely, I mean, I don't have the thick enough skin for someone to be like that. I don't, I don't have it. I mean, like, I'm like, like, I mean, am I Latina? Am I allowed to say I am? I don't know. Well, I mean, it's just like, I'm like, I'm enough of a bitch to be like, but also it's like, I'm too much of something that like, you don't speak to me sideways. Like, that's just like, not going to happen. Like, I, right. like, that's just not. And I get that like in kitchens and everything, it's like the hierarchy and all those things. So that's yeah. why I was like, it's just not going to be for me. And there was a definite time. So I left LSU, like I never graduated and my parents or my dad really, really wanted me to like have a degree, even though let's skip to my dad is like literally like an Emmy nominated screenwriter without ever having a degree. So I was like, first of all, your fucking argument of needing a degree does not, (laughs) does not translate. It's like me and my sisters, none of us ever got degrees. And it's like my other sister like owns like a huge business like event rental company business in phoenix arizona and she's like bawling out and it's just like but my dad definitely wanted me to like have something i was like dude i'll go to fucking chef school like i'll go to cooking school i'll like go get my life like i will do it i was like because that's the only thing that like really i know that i can actually do at school in high school i mean i got a 4.0 like i was like smart as shit it was just once i got to college i was literally just like what the fuck is the point? Like, I don't, it, it, like, it stopped making sense to me when I was, like, my major right now is, like, journalism and, like, a minor in, like, documentary filmmaking. I'm, like, the way to really do that shit is just to do it instead of, like, having to learn about it. Um, and I came back and I just started, like, straight up working. Right. Which So that I, was, like. I spent seven years getting my degree because I had to work the whole time as well. And I will be the first person to tell you that you do not have to go and get a degree like that. Like there are certain things that, yeah, you got to go to four or five years of school for Like if you want to be a CPA or an accountant, you got to get the degree. You got to, yeah, like, like if you want to be a doctor, like, yeah, I, you need to go in the medical profession. Yes. But like, did I need to get a degree in cinema studies, especially writing a 60 page research paper on the psychoanalytic comparison on how the mind works compared to how we watch cinema? No, I did not. Did I do it anyway? Yes. So like, I would be the first person to tell you that, no, it's not necessary. You know, I did it because I had gone through so many years at that point and it took me so long to land on film. It was more of something I did for myself. I wasn't doing it expecting like, finally, it wasn't like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't a thing where I was just like, well, now I'm going to get a job and life is going to be good. No, not at all. Like not even a little bit. I got my degree and I was working the same fucking job for another few years until I got hired in another job. It wasn't For sure. I definitely like, I had like a huge fucking moment one time with one of my friends and I like literally wanted to like chew off her face and it was like you know I'm getting I'm applying for jobs I came back from LSU I literally just worked like I've been working since I worked as like a personal assistant to actresses like I've been on like you know like I was technically working for Paramount like I have all these things and 
I remember I applied for a job and I got it over a million other people with degrees because I've been working. And one of my friends literally was like, wow, I'm like so surprised you got it, especially since you don't have a degree. And I looked at her and I was like, but I just like looked at her and I was like, I was like, but like put your resume next to mine, like put it next to mine. I was like, because all those years that you were work or like getting your degree and whatever the fuck you were getting a degree in, I was like, I have experience. I've been working. Which people care about I have about references. More. Yeah, which people care about more. I used to recruit people for years at my old job. You know what I cared about? Experience. Like we would hire people who had who we would never hire somebody, even somebody who had like a master's degree, right? Because it was a tutoring company too. So education was kind of important. And right. I wouldn't always look at how long ago it was since they graduated or whatever. I wanted to see work experience. I wanted to see how they actually were working and doing this thing. It's the same shit at any other fucking job. Like, do some of them require a bachelor's degree? Yes. However, they really care about, like, what you've done so far, you know? And that's what's more important. And, no, it doesn't – it doesn't – it does not – getting a degree does not exactly correlate to getting a job or how good you are at your job or, you know, how much you're going to get paid necessarily always. Like, it's not about that. You know, look at what you were saying about your sister. My God, you know, and your father. Like, yeah. it's, it's not a direct correlation. And I think people forget that sometimes. But a lot of that is, I think, our, the generation above us kind of had hammered that in and had that hammered in where it was like, well, if you don't go to college and get a degree, you're going to have a fucked up life. That was like the one sentence that like haunted families for like decades. And well, yeah, because it was like, that was so important. It's like, now it really fucking isn't. It like, really is not. Like, look, there are some people who want to go to school, who can excel at school, and want to get a degree for a specific reason. Fine. That's totally But I okay. definitely think I have friends who, I have friends who I've literally said to them, like, they'll be like, oh, I'm doing blank or whatever. And it's like, then they're like, but then I'm going to, you know, like, they didn't get the job after getting their bachelor's. So now they're like, I'm going to go get my master's. And I'm like, yeah. how much more in debt do you want to go to? Like, the that's, fuck? That's the other thing. Like, so go work loans. at that job that you don't fucking genuinely like while you're applying for other ones. I was like, at the end of the day, you're like some sort of arts type of thing. And it's like, it's not, they're not, and, she, you know, it was always like, oh, no, but like, if I, you know, everyone that graduates from this always gets this really cool job. And I was like, yeah, but your resume literally says you worked at Menchie's in high school and then you went to school. Yeah. Like, people just like go to school because they're like, oh, okay, like, this is something I can do. Right. I think they see it more of like, it's because it's also hammered in. Like when you go and your parents send you off to college, like these are going to be the best four years of your life. And so people cut it out as this thing that needs to happen. It's like, no, this has to go this way. And especially for me growing up, it was hard because both of my parents are English masters, right? So they both could be like professors in English if they really wanted to. And um, so aside from being corrected my entire childhood, which has been a hoot, um, it was very forced like no you need to do this it needs to happen and the older i got i was like all right well if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do it like on my terms like i worked the entire time it didn't take me four years it took me like seven plus years you know i transferred schools three times and i only landed on film because i was about to fail out and needed an elective and i walked out of the admissions office because she was like you need to choose an elective i'm like you choose it she's like no you need to choose it and i was like such a little dick i'm like nah man you choose it and i like walked out and then on my schedule, Film 101 popped up at the local community college. And then I took Film 101, and I was just like, Whew. I was like, all right, yeah, I definitely want to do this. But it was more you like, being, you And know, you were like, see, I proved you wrong, yeah, bitch. I, I wanted like, you uh, to take it. Yeah, I'm so egotistical that after that, I'm like, wow, I made the right decision. <laughs> I, I, I made the right decision by bullying you into making yeah, me do something. Clearly, I should just follow my own path because I'm doing this better than anybody. So, you know. 
but no, I think you're right. I think that it, it does not correlate and it's not a necessary thing anymore. I think whatever works for you as a specific person is what's important. And people tend to forget that sometimes like generalizing should not happen anymore. Well, like, like this is what needs to happen. This is what you have to do. Like, no, it's the same thing as with, all right, with food. It generalizing with food does not work anymore. When people say, well, you know, X cuisine has to be this and like that, like the word like authenticity, like I fucking hate the word authenticity or authentic X cuisine, especially if it's not actually where it is. Like, because it's kind of bullshit. If you think about it, good example, you mentioned this and I'm glad you did because it's been brought up all the last like five episodes. El Pastor. No, it is. It is. First of all, I don't care what anybody says. It's fucking butchered in New York. Okay, they don't do it on the on the spinning stick. They just fucking bake it, or they throw like chunks of pineapple on top of pork. And I'm like, this is fucking disgusting. Like, what is this? Right? You recently made your own pastor, which was a great, great, great fucking series of stories and day and posts. Like that was. Oh, thank you. That was so nice. And I'm hoping, by the way, as you motherfuckers are listening to this, that you're actually going on Ella's page. Because if you're not. Just stop listening right now. Just hit pause, podcast, and come back to me. I love how you're hyping me up. I'm, like, really honored right now. I bring people on that I want to have on because, like, fuck, I want people to see this content that I'm seeing. You know, it's what the people want. Manja, manja, manja. You know, my God. Um, <laughs> sorry. I promise I didn't do cocaine since 17. Okay. Um, so. Um, just yeah. a line or two. It's nothing yeah, good. Yeah, just a key bump. That's going to get me in trouble. A key bump. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, but anyway, what I'm saying is that like pastor is butchered here in New York, right? And like pastor itself is like, it is a Mexican dish. It was created in Mexico. It's from Mexico. However, it was yes. from Lebanese immigrants because in Lebanon, you know, with shawarma, that's how they cook food. That's exactly how, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's, so it's the, like, but a lot of people don't know that. And, uh, you know, so it's just- It's like they came over, but they also were doing it like with like lamb or some shit. And then like here we were like, yeah, okay. Like no, we don't we really fuck with yeah. lamb, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but we'll like go with right. pork. Right. But we also, and then too, it was like, we love this idea. So then we're going to actually like, and we have pineapple, like we have that acidity, we have all these things. Right. So that's why we did it here. And I had like, when I did this like whole like El Pastor thing, it's like, I had a guy like full blown teach me like everything about it and so why amazing. we have it. And it's, so amazing. and by the way, literally once I have like all my recipe, I'll fucking send it to you. You could totally do it yes. at home. And like, you just literally need like, um, guajillo and then... Guajillo is like the chili. No, I have. I already have a few guajillo dry chilies. I have ancho chilies. I have dry chilies in my cabinet. I think it's guajillo and ancho, that's and like I mean. that's like pretty much like to make your adobo. Because I was, is like literally I was all going to make. I was going to make birria tacos, so I have the the fixins for the. Uh, oh my god, yum! Yeah, but uh, I'm still. That's like, that's that's like a fucking that's skydiving for me. That's like I have to really be ready to do that recipe. So I'm like, I'll be a hundred with you. It's really not. I mean, even if you made like the adobo the night before and then right. you like had it ready, it's literally just like fucking boiling your chilies and then blending them up and like and then like just like marinating your pork with some of the sauces. But you have the thing. Okay, so this is another thing. So like I was raised in LA. My like my like nanny who like raised me. Her name's Sylvia. I used to call her Wea. Okay, this is actually, like, a weird side story, but I called her Wea because, like, I, as a child, could never say Sylvia, and then I remember turning, like, 11 or 12 and looking at her and being, like, who the fuck named you Wea? Like, why the fuck is your name Wea? How do you spell that? Like, all these things, and she was, like, no, bitch, you literally just couldn't say Sylvia, so you called me Wea, and I was, like, okay, so life has changed for me from now on, um, but anyway, so it's, like, her and I were talking about it, and she's from here in Mexico City, and so, like, I have, like, some of her family as, like, contacts if I ever, like, have an emergency, right. and 
her and I full blown spoke about like, I don't know what it is. Like I can make fucking El Pastor at home. I could do the exact recipes I did there here. It's different. Yeah. Food here is different. I don't know whether it's like what they fucking put in it, what the meat's made with, or like if there's not as many preservatives or whatever the fuck it is, but like I'll have a fucking cheeseburger here, plain ass cheeseburger on the side of the road. It will be the best cheeseburger I've ever, like it literally like puts in and out to shame. Like it's just because like where- every single thing that you're experiencing is different. You just seasoning and where they're getting it from and the water that goes in any of the sauces and- Everything. The oil, the oil that's used and the heat and the taste from the grill. It's, it's everything. People don't realize that. Why is it that when you step out of a car after getting out of an airport, the second you step out of the car, the air literally smells different where you are, no? Like you step oh, out of the car from the airport and you get out and you're just like, and you can smell that travel smell where you're like, all right, this air is not what I was just breathing. And I mean, there's a good Or how they say like, well, when they do like bagels in New York, it's like people try to recreate bagels in LA and they're not as good. But then they're like, we're taking the tap water from New York. We're literally shipping it in to make our bagels. And it's like, it really does make the difference. It does. And that's, I had a, a friend of mine, <laughs> uh, his uncle did that down in Maryland with pizza. He shipped water. Uh, from New York down to Maryland, Ocean City, and made pizza with the because he would cut the pizza sauce of water. A lot of city pizzerias in the city do that, and it really is. You realize, like you said, you're walking around eating even like it's something like a burger. It's better than anything because every single ingredient, every element, everything surrounding the heat is totally is better. different. It's better and it's different, and it's not the same as what you're used to too, which makes it better in a way. You know, it's a new experience. So, uh, this part that I'd like to transition gingerly how do i say this gingerly lubricate the transition of the conversation into um hated that i hated that i've said that to multiple people on the show and they have really felt uncomfortable so i'm just gonna keep rolling with it until somebody's like i need you to not say that anymore (laughs) gingerly lubricating anything is so bad well all right i'm gonna plead the fifth so we're gonna play a little game here called um dank or rank and for those who listen you know the rule of the game i'm gonna list a food or an item that is usually pretty contested between people a few of these i kind of have an idea of how you're gonna say it but i I wanted to ask anyway because they're pretty much staples on the list if you think something is amazing and you would shove it in your face hole immediately it's dank if you would happily throw it in the garbage and watch it die into the existence of of a dumpster rank cool great Dope. So first one should be pretty easy, but again, I've made my mistake before with this. Cilantro. Dank. Okay. It's dank. Yeah, and cilantro is dank. Um, cottage cheese. Dank. Really? Dank. See, I just, it's not even the taste, it's the freaking texture that I could never, you know? It's super dank and I love cottage cheese. Well, you know, you stick to your guns. I like that. I appreciate it. You know, my God, you're a what do they say? Salt of the earth. That's what all those southern boomers say, right? It's dank. <laughs> um, anchovies. Either in like a red sauce or a pizza or just anchovies in general. And I realize that's not always like a common staple in people's pantries. But My thing is like, is it in a sauce or do I have to eat one? Either or. If it's in a sauce or yeah, either or. Whichever one you want. If it's in a sauce, dank. But if it's like I have to fucking physically eat one. I like how they just lay them on top of pizza, yeah. That's rank. Yeah. Um, sardines, while we're in the canned fish area. Um, they're dank if they're, like, mashed up. There you go. I used to mash them up, and I used to mix them with stone ground mustard and, like, a dollop, like a dollop of mayo and some spices and make, like, a spread on top of a piece of toast. 
That used to be pretty dope. Um, oysters. Uh, I'll go rank. Really? Is it the taste or the yeah. texture? Texture. Yeah, it's kind of like, what did we say last night? Hocking a loogie into the back of your throat. <laughs> Which yeah. I understand there's a certain percentage of the human population who listen to the show, especially who may enjoy that, but not for myself. Um, ew, ew. <laughs> welcome to Spicy Memories. Um, so, um, Don't spit into my mouth. <laughs> oh, God, I love what I do to people on the show. Okay. Um, Birria tacos. They're dink. Okay, good. Tortas, which for those of you who don't know, torta is... Dink. Okay. Torta is something you should start eating if you don't. Um, I didn't even know they existed until about five, ten, nine years ago. Are you literally doing it because of me being in Mexico? No, I throw a few of these in all the time. But uh, the ones that, like the first seven I just read you are always on the list. I threw in and tortas because, you know, why not? This one is more for New York people. And I don't know, you grew up in L.A. (sighs) Pineapple on pizza. Rank. Really? I'll be rank because it doesn't do it for me. Uh, congratulations. That was that was danker rank. And you actually, I gotta say, pineapple pineapple pizza, that was a pleasant surprise because I fucking hate pineapple on pizza. I'm sorry. And it's not just because I'm from New York. Um, I'm just I don't I don't I don't know. I feel like it just it does like you, it doesn't do it for me, you know. It just never has. It's not just like not for me. No. We are coming to a close. Are you ready for the last final part of the entire podcast? Yeah. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. It's gonna be a hoot. Okay, so this last part of the podcast, I like to drag people into whether they are willing or not that sounds horrible and a little weird and rapey but i promise it's not like that um Ew. you remember <laughs> do you remember uh in high school fuck mary kill yeah okay so we're gonna do that with food and, okay okay so huh, all right i'm gonna make this hard with things that i know you love sushi tacos and fried chicken Oh, okay. And this is why I don't allow myself to do it because I'll do fucked up things like that. So, <laughs> sushi, tacos, fried chicken. I'm going to fuck tacos. Okay. I'm going to marry sushi and I'm going to kill fried chicken. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That would essentially end your quest of looking for fried chicken in Mexico City. Wow. Your days yeah, all of a sudden I'm gonna would be kill lighter. It. You would have more free time on your hands. Do you realize that? Oh, I love that answer. So you would fuck sushi. Yeah, I guess. No, you would fuck tacos. There you go. And marry sushi. So you would eat sushi every day of your life. Out of yeah. Mystery. Yeah, I totally would too. You fuck with Toro at all or no? I mean, Toro? Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's right. It's like fucking tuna, tuna, everything. Tuna's so good. I made, when I used to record this podcast Did you, in person. No, there's a, a terrible fucking documentary about how like tuna's literally ruining or ecosystem. Is that the one that's, I think I just saw that on Netflix. Is it Seaspiracy? Yeah. Yeah, I saw part of it. Yeah, I know. That was like, yeah, Toro, I try to, people who don't like raw tuna, I tell them to try Toro. When I used to record this podcast in person, I was going to make a tradition that every episode I was going to cook for somebody and feed them on the podcast. And the first guest that I had in person, my friend Jess, um, came on the show and I made her uh, Hawaiian tuna poke. That's, no that way. Was, yeah, that was the first thing. That was the first guest that I had on the show. 
and uh, I made her tuna poke, um, chilled in the fridge for a while, served yeah. on top of rice that I made, and um, yeah, that was the first the first guest that had on the show. That's what they were. I have a so my roommate right now literally was like, oh, like I just ordered you know ahi tuna how do i fucking make it the way that you make it and i was like dude you could do it yourself like it's just like cut it up into squares and then add a little bit of like soy sauce all these things like the way i make it is this way but you can do whatever you want she literally was like no i want you to make it the way you make it and i was like okay (laughs) i mean that's kind of a compliment in a way though no like you know um I don't. I fucking love poke so much. I and like, I I don't care if poke is in the form of like a wrap or in a bowl. I don't care. I just I fucking love. I love raw tuna. I love raw salmon. I am all about that shit. So we're coming kind of down to the uh, the downslope here of the ski of the ski resort. Have you? This has been this has been a hoot. This has been fun, right? You had a good time. Like I love you. Yeah, right. I love you too. This has been this has been fucking awesome. I if you want to be best friends, we can become best friends. I think I think we just did. I think that just happened, honestly. So I um guys, for those of you who have made it through and are still listening, um and haven't just gone out and started snorting cocaine off of random railways, which believe me, I, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> That's so um, iconic. So yeah, but Regardless, guys, um, <laughs> this has been, I can't even, like, describe to you how fucking awesome this has been, and I cannot wait to edit this and put it out and have people listen and have people go to your page and look at the incredible life that you are leading right now and the amazing content and, you know, the just overjoyed, like, or, like aura that you have with all this stuff surrounding food, because like me, it's clear that you are just somebody who completely has a devout lifelong love affair with food and i understand that not everyone is like that but i appreciate the people who are so and that's a reason that i really wanted to have you on the show because i want to talk to people that not only i think are incredibly interesting but people that really truly do love food to the point where you get like emotional about it to the point where you get like just insane about it to the point where you have very firm opinions like people who get turned on by it like everything yeah like, being able to flood up all those emotions about food i fucking love that and i'll be 100 percent stop fucking hyping me up no jesus christ i will hype up whomever i choose to all right miss ella enchanted so all right my mate is that anything else you want to add before no i'm like super happy that you and i got to have this moment I am too, and this 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 uh, moment that has now been going on too many hours. Four and a half hours. Yowza, that's that's more than half a workday. I am proud, very proud, and the fact that I've been doing it without peeing in a plastic chair the whole time. I don't know how that's happening. You didn't pee into a bottle, like low key. You think I looked you in the eye and peed into a bottle under the desk? I'll be honest, I I hoped you did. All right, well. You have a penis. I don't, I just, like, really wish that, like, if I had a penis, I would do, like, a lot more crazier shit. You'd think that, but things can quickly go awry. And also, what kind of bottle are we talking? Are we talking about, like, a water bottle? Because that's not really going to do much. And, like, I don't have a Snapple bottle just, like, laying around. You know what I mean? Like, you got to think about logistics here. It's, like, you know, and there's no buckets. Yeah, but there. clearly you're you're not thinking about what will be more beneficial for you. So, that's good. Next time I'll, you know. I'll just okay, we'll hang out next time. 
Yeah, and the next time I'll just bring the computer in the bathroom. Um, problem solved, right? Now we're talking. The lighting. I'm so happy, and I can't wait to tell my parents about us doing this video. <laughs> And or podcast. Podcast. <laughs> my mom's my mom's about to hype this shit up so insane. Shout out Guadalupe. Guadalupe. Guadalupe, you hear that? Fucking amazing name. Um, seriously, amazing name. And look and tell your mom, look, I see just be like, he's he's nothing to worry about. He's just a good boy working at a school for the blind. He's a good soul. That's what you say. The fact that you're a man's working for a school for the blind, literally my soul is I can't even. I can't fucking even. Uh, guys, I am going to list all of Ella's socials, her website and TikTok and Instagram. Everything is going to be listed in the description. It's going to be. Are you going to say that Ella's like really cool? Um, I mean, I was thinking about it in the description. I was going to be like, like she's okay. So if you want to go visit her here, because <laughs> that's that's what you want to hear in a freaking description. Like, you know, if you guys feel like it, click these links. Like, no, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? I'm going to threaten people's lives. And they listen to me, you piece of shit. If you don't click this fucking link, I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to cut off your legs <laughs> and make you roll around with a fucking wheelbarrow. No, that's a little too intense. People tend to stray away from me when I say that. Um, but regardless, guys. I'm no, threaten them. Them. threaten yeah, them. I will threaten them. Seriously, check out Ella's content. Her TikTok has been consistently getting larger and blowing up, and it's because her content is just amazing. Instagram, incredible. Her stories are great, and it really gives you an insight into what actual life is like. Not tourism, like life is like in Mexico City, and this has been so fucking fun, and I can't thank you enough. Do you have anything else you want to say to the, the folks before I, I cause uh, cut off the recording here? No, but also, like, let's be 100%. You're, like, literally hyping me up more than I deserve. <laughs> I don't think you wouldn't be on the show if it was more than you deserve. You got to realize that. I don't just bring random people on here. Like, well, you know, not. You do. And you just said that I was like the coolest person that you brought on. True. I mean, theoretically, you and you're my most recent episode, too. So there is not even an episode after yours. (laughs) Something something could happen. And you may be the last episode of Spicy Memories. By the way, I literally wanted to take like a cute selfie so that we like had something it. so that I posted it. Let's do it. My God, it's not that late. So, all right, uh, hold, before on. We, hold on. Before we do that, let me end out this recording. Guys, thank you so much for sticking through. Ella, thank you so fucking much for coming on. I'm going to put all of her socials in the link. Make sure you follow. Go on her website, go on her TikTok, go on her Instagram. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, it's super cool. Ella is super cool. Ella is hilarious. Did I say that right? I think I said it right. Um, so make sure you guys follow her everywhere. I'm going to stop the recording now. Stay tuned for episode 25, uh, which, as we all know, may not happen ever. This may be the last episode. Why would you do that? Memories. I'll tell you what. If you guys don't give this five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all of that, this is the last episode of Spicy Memories. You have to rate the show and share it. I want to see my By the way, blowing up. You are allowed to have like Mexican family. Like they're gonna fucking blow it up. Very true. That's that's that's. I didn't think about that. I've I've gone intercontinental. <laughs> now. That's it. I've gone I've gone south of the border. Things they don't fuck around down there. So, um, guys, follow Ella on everything. Thanks for sticking around, and I will see you possibly on the next episode, assuming that you actually vote. Goodbye.